0: Uh Aha! I wondered, I thought, I might just tweak some people there by saying happy holidays to you. But did you actually, did you know what happy holidays means? Do you know where that comes from? Happy Holy Day. That's what that means. See, so I I think we all, you know, we're all like, man, we're throwing Christ out of Christmas. And I just, every time I hear happy holiday, I just go, oh, they're just saying happy holy day. And, And really what a holy day means is it's a day that's unlike any other. Holy means that. If something is holy, that means it's set apart and it's completely different than any other. And isn't Christmas holy? I mean, Christmas, man, and, that, and that's what we just celebrate here. As a kid, Christmas was so magical for me. And I, I, it's still to this day, it's my favorite memory as, as a kid. And I used to love it so much. And one Because you, you just knew things were going to happen that seemed impossible. Even Caleb, my my seven year old son, he was asking me the same question that was in the drama. We're sitting there in our house, and he's going, "How does Santa get down that chimney, right? I mean, how does he fit in that thing? It's amazing." And I remember as as a kid, we always went to my mom and dad's. um, Actually, my mom's relatives, and it was about an hour and a half drive back home on Christmas Eve. And every year, I'd be in our station wagon, remember the station wagon with the paneling on the side? We had one of those. And we're driving home from my aunts and uncles, every year I'd look out the window and I'd see the red light in the sky. And I'd freak, hurry up mom, hurry up dad, we gotta get home, Santa's up there and he's got to make sure that I get back there in time. And so we'd get home and then that impossible thing would happen where you'd wake up in the morning and stuff that wasn't there, the night before is there. Is that not a great moment? I know all my, I, I, it was such a great moment for me. My kids keep asking me, why don't you wrap our presents and put them under the tree? And I'm like, because you got to wait till the morning, man. That's when it's exciting when you see all that stuff. Christmas is a holy day. It's, it's, it's unlike any other. And the stuff that feels impossible all of a sudden becomes possible. Well, so then we grow up, right? You guys know the song, Grown Up Christmas List? You guys heard that? So the song goes, do you remember me? I sat upon your knee and I wrote to you with childhood fantasies. Well, I'm all grown up now and still need some help somehow. I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown up Christmas list, not for myself, but for a world in need. No more lives torn apart, that wars would never start and time would heal all hearts. And everyone would have a friend, and right would always win, and love would never end. That's my grown-up Christmas list. You know, um, if you're visiting with us here uh, at K2 today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us. Um, we've been doing a thing all month long called Lovevolution. Okay, it's this Christmas Lovevolution. Now, when you have a revolution right? What you're doing is you're turning everything upside down. You're taking something the way that it originally works and a revolution turns it all the way around. And so what we decided that we wanted to do, and we're doing every year now at k the Church, is we're just saying we don't want to get caught up in just this goofy consumeristic Christmas thing that happens in our world, but also, but really bring in the true meaning of Christmas. We're trying to turn Christmas upside down with the love of God. And so what we do is we are actually making possible things that are impossible for people around the world. We have some partnerships in Swaziland and in Honduras, and we partner with an organization called 3 for 5, which brings clean water. See, we, we, we sponsor kids that right now today don't know if there's going to be any food coming to them. You know, we sponsor kids in Honduras where the church that we work with feeds kids potentially their only meal that they could have every day. So there's stuff for them that they can't do, they just can't do it. It's impossible. And yet when we come alongside and we say, you know what, instead of just giving our more gifts and stuff to our own families, we're actually going to take, what we do is we take a portion of what we would normally give, and it's so fun to include your kids in this because they, when they hear about this, they go, because we just ask our kids, do you guys really need another toy, <laughs> you know? And they're, they're like, no. And then we just talk about the fact that there are people around the world who right now don't have water <laughs> to drink, and they don't have food, and they need help. And our kids rise up, man, and they say, well, then let's, let's help them. Let's do that for Christmas. And so uh, that's one of the things that, that, that God does, I think, in the hearts of people is he starts to help us to say, you're supposed to be there helping each other. And the interesting thing is, if, if someone doesn't intervene, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so maybe you feel that way, where you have stuff in your life where it feels like, you know, if something doesn't happen, there's, I've got some situations that seem impossible to me, and Christmas The greatest message for you today is Christmas says, no, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. And that's what Christmas does. And so I'm just gonna read here uh, the Christmas part of the Christmas story. And I'm gonna read it in chapter one of Luke. If you happen to bring your Bibles today, you can go ahead and turn it to Luke chapter one. Otherwise, we're gonna put it right up here on the screen for you. And we're just gonna start to see how this holiday, this holy day that we're going to celebrate together is pretty much God helping us to see that I take the impossible and I make it possible. All right? Let's look at this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. and He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary asked the angel, well, how can this happen? (laughs) Because I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. See, what's interesting today, you guys, as we sit here, if you're going to celebrate Christmas at all today, or I guess in a couple days, you're going to realize something about Christmas, and that is the whole story of Christmas is supernatural. We're we're, we're talking about a supernatural thing that for 2,000 years, people all around the world have celebrated something that can't happen. Christmas is all about something that's attributed, and this would be a definition of supernatural, supernatural. It's attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or to the laws of nature. And so to actually even celebrate Christmas takes faith. You have to actually believe that there is something beyond scientific understanding and beyond the laws of nature. Now, I I just want to say, I'm not saying it has to be in contradiction with or in conflict with science, in fact, for me personally, the more we dive into science, the more, and whether it's the vast universe that we live in or just the human body, I'm like, keep going, <laughs> keep discovering. In fact, um, just a side note here for us, but Vlad Chapman is one of our pastors um, uh, at K2. And just a, a few days ago, we had an accident here at the church. We had a lift, a scissor lift, and it fell on, his, on him, on his leg and snapped his femur. Okay. Now, I was actually going to, I took a picture of the x-ray. I was going to put it up here, but I thought you might not want to see that. But literally, his, his femur is just snapped in two. And uh, so pray for him, would you? I mean, he, I, I talked to him right before the service this morning. He so hates not being here as he's stuck in his hospital room. He is going home today. Um, but here's what's amazing. You know what? It, it, I, if you guys thought of somebody with a snap femur, what would you see, right? You'd have a cast up to your waist and, you know, your legs in traction and you can't move and you got to walk in a wheelchair like this, right? So he, I called him. His doctor told him after the surgery, he's like, no, you won't have a cast. He's not going to have a cast. He doesn't even have to wear a brace. In the medical community today, what they did is they drilled a hole up his femur and down his femur and put a titanium rod in there. And the doctor just told me, he's like, man, the, you, the strongest thing you possibly could have is right inside your leg. I, I went over there yesterday. His leg is bent. I mean, he's already walking. Yesterday with a snap femur. I mean, it's incredible. So I just want to say medical community, keep going. Keep figuring out our bodies. I love it. Scientists, go for it. But a few days ago, you guys, and this is, I want to start here today. We've got to, if we're going to grasp Christmas, we've got to believe, though, that as much as we study about science and our creation and our world, which is awesome, I think there's something beyond that. And Christmas is the story that there's something beyond that. And so a month ago, we showed a video teaching here at K2 from Louis Giglio, and I just, I felt like I wanted to show you just a small clip because for the last month, ever since I've seen this, is helping me to realize how I can believe, really, in Christmas, okay? So watch this real short clip here, and I'll show you what I mean. Maybe this will
1: help a little bit more. This absolutely blew my mind. Just a little journey through our solar system. Everyone knows our planets and sort of how we fit in to the story here. You see really quickly that we're not... Even the biggest deal in our own solar system, but as earth comes by, you have to know tonight that we are living on a privileged planet. Anyone would tell you we're living at one of the most special places, if not the most special place in all of creation. But Neptune comes by and Saturn and then Jupiter, and you're like, okay, we're not all that big, even in our own little cul-de-sac. I just noticed the blue dot fading away is not the Earth. That's Neptune. The Earth has gotten too small to see anymore. Sirius comes by. little plug for satellite radio. <laughs> not the biggest star, but the brightest star that we have found so far. The Pollux, which we didn't mention. Arcturus. Such a beautifully named one, Regal. But then the one that messed me up, our third star, Musifi, Musifi's cousin, W. Sifi. do you know that you couldn't come up here right now with a sharpie and make a mark on the screen that would approximate the size of our sun you couldn't even do it i mean when you look at these and their relative size we just have to put a little arrow over there that says if you could put the sun on here which you can not it would go somewhere about here and um can you hang on that for me And when you see this, I don't know what happens to you, but I'll tell you what happens to me. A shrinking feeling comes over me, and it's not a bad shrinking feeling. It's a good shrinking feeling. Because sin, it has a a way of shrinking God down in our minds and puffing us up in our own estimation. But just a glance into the universe that God has made resizes everything in a heartbeat. And you realize tonight, we are worshiping an unrivaled, uncontested God of all kind of might and power and glory and awe who is, there's none like
0: Him anywhere in all of creation tonight. Isn't that amazing? See, when you see something like that, and basically the other part of this video, he kept holding a golf ball, and he was saying that a golf ball, if the golf ball was the size of earth... That Canis Majoris, that largest star that we've actually been able to discover, th- this is how big Canis Majoris is. It would take 20, you would fill up the whole state of Texas with golf balls, 22 deep. That's of earths. That how many, that's how many earths could fit into one star. <laughs> You guys, you guys realize how big this universe is? Because then what's crazy is when you show the star Canis Majoris, it's just one in the midst of who knows how many, right? And see, so when you think of something like that and as astrophysicists continue to try to figure out how in the world did this whole thing begin? What are we doing here? You guys, do you guys, have, have you ever actually really thought, what are you doing here? Because he kept saying, you realize you're a speck on a golf ball, Right, and yet, then he went in to talk how beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully made you are. That, that your DNA code is so unbelievable that it would take ninety-six years for one, one of us to read your DNA code one at a time. It's just—I mean—it's just amazing to me. So the reason I wanted to show that to you guys today is when we celebrate Christmas. If you're going to be honest with Christmas. What we see in this story is stuff that can't happen scientifically happens. And if that doesn't happen, then Christmas is a crock. Then it's just a, it's just a joke. But when you watch that and you see the creation of the world, ever since then I've been driving around and I just look at the beauty and the wonder and the emotion that I feel, and the thoughts, and the depth, and just the complexity of me, right? Can you even handle your own complexity? And then you see that there's a God who's created all of that. And my my thought is this, if there's a God who could create all of that, and who's beyond all of that, and then could create this one little planet that just happens to be the exact distance it needs to be from the sun and the earth just at 23 degrees because if it was at 23, we'd all fry. <laughs> but we just happens to be perfect in its creation so that we could exist. That's when I go, if there's a God who can do that, then what can't he do? What can't he do? Can he do anything? He can do Anything. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, let me just ask you, what happens when the supernatural enters into someone's life? You know what's crazy? In the scriptures, here's what happens. You know what happens? Anybody know? They freak out. Everybody always freaks out. Every time God actually shows up and something supernatural has to happens, the first thing he has to say is, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Why? Because this doesn't happen. It's wigging me out. And so that's what happened to Mary. Says so she was troubled, man. She was confused and disturbed. The word means agitated greatly. Okay? Just think about marriage. Okay? Agitated greatly. <laughs> this is bugging me. I can't handle this. So you have fear. You get confused. And here's the other thing that happens. It has to happen. You got to doubt it. You have to to doubt if this is really happening or not if you guys take Christmas seriously man you've got you've to doubt this you have to ask the question how can this be how is this possible look at her verse in, in Luke chapter 134 it says Mary asked the angel how can this happen I'm a virgin see Mary knew something babies just don't form and you guys do you guys all know that all right. okay. not sure how old everybody is in here but we'll just stop right there So here's the deal. We know this doesn't happen. It's impossible for a child to be born without human conception. It's impossible. And you know what? Everybody back in that day and age knew it too. You can't can't go, hey, we're more educated now. Because they kind of thought that could happen. No, they didn't. If they thought it could happen, she wouldn't have been going, wait, this can't happen. How is this possible? But then... You ask, she asked the question, how can this happen? And what is the Oh, by the way, who's she talking to? Yeah, does that happen? <laughs> Anybody have one of those lately? See, I haven't had it either. But one of the things that you'll see in Scripture, which I so appreciate about God, is when he's going to do something impossible, he always does. He shows up supernaturally. He, he, he does that to help him. So now she's talking to this angel and the angel says, the, here, how can this happen? The Holy Spirit will come on you And the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Mary, she's sitting there going, wait a second, how can this happen? You know what the answer was? Because God's going to do something. You see that? God's going to do something. What can't God do? See, Mary, you're actually not going to do a whole lot here, okay? This is going to be God's deal, so freak out. Just, just chill, all right? This is going to be his business, not your business. All you have to do, Mary, is say what? Okay, exactly. Just say okay. You say okay, and God says, I'll do the rest. The impossible becomes possible only because God does something. So what does this mean for us today? Okay. Not expecting a whole lot of virgin births this year, right? But what does this mean for us today? In Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. By the way, especially in this culture, even us, right? If you're a parent, don't you get, don't you get to name your child? That's kind of your prerogative. And back in those days, when you named a child, it was like a huge, it was like a prophetic thing. It's like the name meant something. Uh, who's, who's naming the child here? God is. Here's the deal. I'm the actual dad here, and so I get to call the name. And the name is going to be Jesus. You know what Jesus means? The Lord saves. In Matthew, the angel says this, "Um, you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, so basically, what he's, if, if you need to be saved, one of the things that's really important is this. If you actually, are in, like, I, I think I usually use the t- you know, illustration of drowning. If you actually need to be saved, here's something else you know. If somebody doesn't intervene, I'm going down, right? <laughs> If somebody doesn't intervene, I'm going down. It's impossible for me right now to save myself. I need someone to save me. And so when the angel showed up, it's like Jesus is going to come because he's going to do something for the people that the people can't do for themselves. So call him Jesus because the Lord saves. God is about to do something. I was sitting there thinking about that this week and here's what I realized, you guys. You know what else is impossible? You know what's impossible? It is impossible for a human being to completely center their life around God. Anybody out there doing that? You know what's really possible? Is to completely center my life around me. (laughs) That's really easy, isn't it? It's really easy to wake up and think about me more than anybody else. Anybody else else got that blessing? (laughs) Or that curse? See, there's something about human nature that says... I think about me first. You know what's impossible? It's impossible for a human being to completely follow God. It's impossible for a human being to do what God wants us to do. And so if that's the case, then something has to come outside and do something that I can't do because it's just obvious for me. And if you you guys need evidence, it was in the drama. The evidence is all around us. I mean, the horror that's happening around our world, we can go all the way to what happened in Newtown and we can just say, yeah, this world is a mess. But can, can we just be honest? Do you really have to look to Newtown? How many of you can just look in the mirror? Anybody else? Just, I can just look in the mirror and realize I'm the mess. <laughs> so who's actually going to save me from that? So what does Christmas, the impossible becoming possible mean for us today? Really quickly, I want to take you to another story in the Bible, in John chapter 3, where a guy asks the same question. So Jesus is showing up on the scene, right? And there's another guy who's going to ask him the same question. He's going to say, wait a second, that can't happen. That's impossible. Look at this story. There was a name nam- man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. And Rabbi, he said, we all know, look, look at this, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Do you guys notice that? So what's he saying? There's something supernatural about you. And so we know this. I don't have a clue who you are, but I do know this. God has sent you because your supernatural, miraculous, impossible signs are evidence that God is with you. See, they were seeing this Jesus have authority over nature authority over the spiritual demonic realm, authority over physical disease. He actually had authority over sin. He, he actually was so perfect, right, that the people who followed him thought he was God. Now, can I just ask you a question? Is anybody that hangs out with you mistaking you for God? Anybody? No. If anybody hangs out with you for very long, they know one thing, you ain't God, right? These guys hung out with him every moment for three years nobody could find one thing that he had ever done wrong. That's crazy. And he also had authority, supernatural authority to teach. When he spoke, everybody said it's completely different. You actually speak with authority. So he comes back. So this guy, Nicodemus says, okay, dude, so here's what we know. God, you came from God. Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, well, how can someone be born when they're old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans, here you go, humans naturally can produce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So, we go on here and he says, So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can t- can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And here's the question How are these things possible? Now, if you've grown up in church at all, you've probably heard the term born again. I don't know if you know this about that term. So here's Jesus says, I got to tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you, you can't, you guys, you can't even see the kingdom of God. You, you won't even be able to understand the way that I really work unless something happens in you. And so Nicodemus, he misses it totally, right? Because he's like, dude, I got to crawl back up at my mom. I mean, what? He goes, I got to re-enter that and that can't happen. Here's what's interesting. That word born again, it means again. It also means from above. That word could either mean to begin anew or it could mean from above. I think Nicodemus, just told, he totally missed the translation because what Jesus was saying was this. Nicodemus, let me tell you something. Unless you are born from above, unless something spiritually happens inside of you, you will never be able to understand the bigger picture here about what's going on. there. And So, so basically, when the angel came to Mary and said, here's the deal. You're going to have a baby. And she's like, how can that happen? That's impossible. What's the angel's response? The Holy Spirit is going to come on you, and God is going to do something in you. Nicodemus says, hey, man, we can tell you got something totally different going on. And Jesus says, well, here's what has to happen. You have to be completely born from above. And what's Nicodemus' answer his question? How can that happen? And what's Jesus' answer? The same answer the angel had the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and conceive inside of you something that you can't do. You guys, what Christmas was all about was something supernatural, something impossible that became possible. Why? Because the God of the universe did it. And what's amazing is now we look at our world and we say, wait a second. So now look at this messed up place. Look at my messed up heart. What's the answer here? God, Jesus, we can see that you live completely different. We can see that you live right. We can see that you love. We can see that you have power inside of you. What's the answer? The Holy Spirit has to do something inside of you. It is impossible for you to ever even begin to know what it is to be connected to God unless the Holy Spirit moves inside of you. He goes on to say this. You're a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. Look at this. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. There's Christmas. The Son of Man came down from heaven to reveal to us what is true and to reconnect us, to save us, and to reconnect us back into a relationship with God. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. That was a little prophetic moment right there. See, because there's another supernatural day that took place, and that's this. I've done a lot of funerals as a pastor, and I've never seen anybody get out of the casket. Doesn't happen. When someone's dead, they're what? They're dead. The other supernatural thing that happened, the other impossible thing that became possible, is what we'll celebrate in a few months at Easter. You guys, the Christian faith... You've got to understand this. The Christian faith didn't start because Jesus' teachings were so great. Of course they are. You know why the Christian faith started? It's because they saw the man who died three days later alive. And they went around and they told everybody, the guy you killed (laughs) is alive, okay? Okay? See, that's supernatural. That's the impossible become impossible. And the whole reason he did that again was to take care, to forgive us of all of our sin, and then to give us the Holy Spirit inside of us. The most impossible thing, you guys, for Christmas, for your life, is this possibility that the Holy Spirit of God, when you believe, because that's what he says, what happens? It's for anybody who believes. If you believe, if you put your faith, the crazy thing about the kingdom of God is the prerequisite to receiving is faith. But as soon as you believe, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only son, there's Christmas, that whoever believes in him won't perish, but have everlasting life. Can I tell you something else that's really impossible for you? It is. It is going to be impossible for you to live Forever. It is. But God is the one who gives eternal life so that even though man shall die, he will live. So that's the other piece, that Jesus came to save us from our sin, to forgive us of our sin, to save us from our sin so that we could actually start to live the life that brings blessing to this planet instead of curse, to become a person who can love God and love people instead of thinking about ourselves right? But then also to give you eternal life so that you could have what you don't have. The impossible thing of living forever with eternal life in Christ. That's Christmas. And for the first time, God comes in and says, I'm doing the impossible and I'm making it impossible. Now, there's lots of responses to this, you guys. When Jesus showed up, there were lots of responses. Uh, One of them was Herod. You know, I don't know if he was the king at the time, right? And he's like, dude, I don't want my kingdom disturbed. So he actually did go out and have little boys killed to make sure there wouldn't be anybody who would rise up and threaten his kingdom. (laughs) So that's one response, right? You could say, I don't want anybody else messing with my life. Here's the other response is when Herod heard about this, he had all the religious leaders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he said, hey, find out where this baby, this king is supposed to be born. You know what they did? They, They knew the answer. They came back and they said, oh, it's in Bethlehem. That's five miles away. They're in Jerusalem. Bethlehem, that little town five miles away. The wise men showed up, right? I don't know if you guys, the wise men showed up and said, and they said, hey, where's this baby going to be born? Find out where. They knew it was five miles away. And here's what's crazy is when the wise men went to go see Jesus, none of them went with him. That always surprised me. I mean, if you knew from the prophecies that it was Bethlehem and these guys are saying it's happening, when have you at least been curious So one response is to say, you know what, Jesus, don't mess with me. The other response is to say, yeah, I heard he's over there, but uh, I'm not even going to go check him out. And then you have the shepherds, right? The shepherds, when the angels came to them and said, hey, God has come and he's bringing a savior to the world, you know what they did? They went on a journey, man. They went and they sought after him. And they journeyed across a field, right, to go see him. And then you have these magi, these astrologers, these, these guys who lived countries away and when they would they sought after him too but they went all the way over countries to find this potential king so you could say Jesus I don't want anything to do with you you can say Jesus I don't think it's that big of a deal or you could really seek after him like shepherds and wise men and I I think some of you are doing that right now and some of you your journey is going to be like going across a field spiritually and for some of you your journey is going to be like going across countries but you know what's cool God says, if you seek after me, you'll find me. If you're seeking after him today, you will find him. And you know what happened? As soon as the wise men saw him, what'd they do? (laughs) They got on their knee and they worshiped him. And that's the last response, you guys, is Mary's. We'll close with this. Mary's response. Sorry, lost my notes here. She responded, "I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true." "I'm the Lord's servant. May everything that you said about me come true." You know, what's interesting is she was disturbed when the when the angel showed up. Herod was disturbed when he heard the news. Both of them had the initial same emotional response. Troubled deeply. But one said, and the other one said, okay, God, whatever you say about me, I want to come true. And she just simply humbled herself. And you know what, you guys? Here's what's crazy is um, I thought about this and I just said, what would happen if every one of us in this room would say, you know what, God? I'm your servant and whatever you have said about me, Make it come true. Whatever you have said about me, God, make it come true. You know what God has said about you? He said He thought about you. He said the only reason you're here is because He actually thought of you, you're His idea. Here's the other thing he said about you. He goes, I'm going to knit you together. That whole DNA code that takes 96 years to read was designed specifically by God. And he also said this. He goes, and I know the plans I have for you. Every day, I have every day set out for you. And they're not plans to harm you. My will is actually good and pleasing and perfect. You know what else God has said about you? He said, if you will simply believe in my son Jesus that this Christmas thing is not just some fancy little holiday. It's really a holiday if you believe in my son Jesus and receive him into your life. Because here's what I want to say to you. I will come and make my home in you and there will never be another day ever in your life that you will ever be separated from God again. And I'll walk with you. I'll start to transform you. I'll start to make you into the man and the woman I created you to be and then you will go with me forever. And you'll live with me. And I just sit there and I think about that and I go, oh man, God, I'm 47. I don't know how many more years I have left. But would you make everything that you have said about me come true? How are you doing today? How cool would it be if your life was in the life of your creator? And how cool would it be if he actually took your life and started to make you into the person he wanted you to be? You guys, the coolest thing is the impossible things become possible because we have a God who knows you, who loves you, and wants to be with you, and he sent Jesus into this world to make it happen. And I just say, let's make it happen again. So the band's going to come out, And we're going to start to just end our service now with a chance just to worship him and to sing to him and to thank him. And we're just going to start with a very simple song, um, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And we're going to sing the first verse, which most of you know, so sing with me. But then we're going to jump in and we're going to sing the last verse, which is just this desire to say, Hey God, if you did something impossible 2,000 years ago, would you do something impossible again to me today? Would you actually come and make yourself at home? Take away my sin. Take it away and come inside me and connect with me and do through your Holy Spirit in me what I can't do. All right? So let's just begin and let's, pray. let's sing this song together. Amen. Mm-hmm.
2: Town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamlessly the silent stars go by yet in the dark street shine. Everlasting life, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight.
0: Let's sing the second verse and actually make it our prayer.
2: Oh. Child of Bethlehem Descend to us we pray Cast out our sin and enter Be born in us today We hear the Christmas angels The great glad tidings tell Oh, come to us Abide with us Our Lord, Emmanuel
0: God, thank You so much for Christmas. Thank You for doing something impossible that only You could do because all things are possible in You. Thank you that through the Holy Spirit you were able to conceive the Savior of the world, the Son of God, Jesus. The Lord saves. But God, thanks for the hope that that brings us today. The hope that you could do something impossible in me through the Holy Spirit. That you could do something that Nicodemus go, how can that happen? And Jesus, you just simply said, let the Holy Spirit come inside. If you believe in me, if you'll receive me, I will do something, I will conceive something brand new inside of you. God, would you come and just remind us this Christmas that we are saved from our sin, we are connected to you, and we are filled with your spirit. And we just pray, God, that you would come right now and fill us with that joy and with that hope in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.